Good afternoon. It is Matt Weaver with BibleTruthProject.com here with another episode. Um, it's been several weeks since I last updated or did an episode, and I thought it was a timely time simply because of the challenges that we're facing as a nation, etc. I thought it would be an excellent time to uh, do another episode and just speak a little bit about things, etc. So since I last updated, we've had... Um, I don't know about since. I mean, in, in January, I guess, or in December, I should say, uh, in China, they had the outbreak of what we are calling COVID-19 or the coronavirus, and it has since uh, gone all over the world. And here in the in the U.S., there's been uh, an increase in amounts of people that are infected with it, and the general response has been that of panic, fear, anxiety, and all sorts of different things. And so, when these things happen, people start looking for answers they start trying to see is this judgment what is this you know is what you know it's it's life-changing and things we all of a sudden look less secure and just that quickly um, things that we rely on from day to day can so easily be shaken so in the middle of this and i'm sensitive i understand these things i mean you know, i'm affected just like everybody else but i guess the difference um in the way i look at this is that god is um God is in control in that we can trust him. If we look at verses like Psalm 91, uh, tremendous promise for those who are in the secret place. Um, of course, the promises apply for those who are in the secret place. But tremendous promises for us to, uh, to, to, to hold on to and to know that God is in control and we, he has appointed the time of our departure, uh, the time of transition. And when we face difficult things like that, you know, we, we have to re remember that we are sojourners and strangers in this world. This world is really not our home in the sense that it is hospitable for us. You know, we, we look for a city whose builder and maker is God. Who, uh, and th and this, is, this is our hope. Our hope is that we actually have an eternal existence ahead of us outside of the reality that we live in. But God has us here, and so we will be his servants and faithfully do what he asks. So in all of this, um, I encourage, have faith, trust in the Lord. Um, whether or not this is the appointed time in which he'll take us to be with him. If it is, so be it. If it isn't, so be it. You know, whether we live, like, like Paul says, whether we live, we live for Jesus. Uh, whether we die, we go to be with him. So either way, we win. Either way, uh, we move on. Um, that's, that is very much, I guess, what's been on my heart. But the other thing is, um, what I really want to discuss about today, though, was the issue of whether healing is in the atonement. I see more in people, and I mean, I'm not, so I, I'm not, um, as familiar with some of the mainstream things, I guess, that goes on. And I just stumbled across a video that somebody had put on Facebook, and so I watched it. And in this video, basically, it was the argument against that the healing was not part of the atonement. And the, it was centered around the idea that Jesus, um, who healed, did so simply to fulfill what was written, and that healing isn't necessarily a part of the atonement. And I'm sure the person speaking was probably addressing a, a cult-like group, maybe, that said, no, don't take any medicine, don't take any anything like that, only trust God, because if you do, you're not having faith, etc. And of course, I think that's an exaggeration. But let's ask the question, is healing in the atonement? 
And I don't know that I have necessarily a lot of answers. I do. I did hear a couple people just have different things. And I guess the best evidence that I know of just quickly, I guess, I guess in my understanding is in Isaiah 53. So we're dealing with the coming salvation of the Lord. If you notice in Isaiah 52, and I'm going to do the TLV. I know the chapter is slightly different because it uses the Jewish context. But if you understand... Uh, if you understand what, what God is doing here in Isaiah, he's, he's, he's laying the foundation for this coming one. And in, in chapter 51, for instance, uh, the Lord's comfort for Zion. Listen to me, you who pursue justice. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For when I called him, he was but one. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, her, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and a sound of melody. Pay attention to me, my people. Give ear to me, my nation, for law or Torah will go out from me, my justice as a light to the peoples. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the nations and the coastlands will wait for me. For my arm, they will wait expectantly. Lift your eyes to the heavens, look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness never wane. I'm just going to stop. So it's speaking about the temporary, uh, in the realms that we're in right now, okay? The, the status quo is going to change. So look up, lift your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth that is beneath the heavens. Because all of this is going to change. Now, what does it mean? For the moth will eat them like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. It's talking about the decay that is in the world. But my righteousness will forever be in my salvation for all generations. Awake, put, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. It's talking about the uh, resurrection. Was it not you who cut Rahab into pieces, who pierced the dragon? Or Rahab, sorry. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a path for the redeemed to pass over? Now the ransom of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their heads and they will obtain gladness and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Tremendous verses. Tremendous verses. We look at this in the promise of you know, the, the, the decay cycle um, that is spoken of in the New Testament as well. The earth is submitted to bondage to decay. But there's a time coming when all that will pass away. All that which has temporal um, type of element to it will, will, will pass away. And the sign of that, as I've said before, is the ransom of the Lord will return. And the ransom are the paid for. Now, this isn't this isn't a ransom as though... We are the possession um, that somehow God had to pay for our deliverance to somebody else. But more that he has paid his own price for our return. And if you look at the ransom of the Lord, it's talking about Israel, the context. So the ones he paid for will come to Zion, which is where he dwells, with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy. Notice, obtain gladness and joy. This is something we walk towards. And it's a state of being in which God will have us forever. 
I'm, I take courage in words like that. But let's just keep going because God is laying out the foundation for what he's going to do. I'm just scanning down. Um, let's see here. Chapter 52. Again, we're leading up to 53 because I want we're dealing with the issue as healing part of the atonement. Awake, awake, clothe yourself in strength, Zion. Clothe yourself in beautiful garments, Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will never invade you again. Shake off the dust and arise. Be enthroned, Jerusalem. Loose the bands from off your neck, captive daughter of Judah. For thus saith the Lord, you were sold for nothing, so you will be redeemed without silver. For thus says the Lord Elohim, at first my people went down to Egypt to reside there. Then the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now therefore, what do I have here? My people are taken away for nothing. Its rulers wail. It is, a, it is a declaration of the Lord. And my names continue blasphemed all day long. Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day I am the one who will be saying, Hineni, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces shalom, who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Notice, who announces to Zion, your God reigns. Hallelujah. The voice of your watchmen, they will lift their voices together. They will shout for joy, for they will see eye to eye when the Lord returns to Zion. This is talking about this return, the joy. Break forth in joy. Sing return. Sing, sing together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people and has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has barely or bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Leave, leave, get out of there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out in the midst. Purify yourselves, you who carry vessels of the Lord, for you will not go out in haste, nor will you go in fight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Now, we change. This is continuing. Notice chapters and verses used to not be part of this. So in this whole context of the Lord coming, you know, the power of God, the beauty, the joy, and all of this, behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. This is speaking about Yeshua. Just as many were appalled at you, his appearance was disfigured more than any man. This is talking about the servant who will prosper and be high and lifted up. His appearance was disfigured more than any man. His form more than the sons of men. So he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what had not been told them they will see, and what they had not heard they will perceive. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is talking about this person. For he grew up before him like a tender shoe, like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him, nor beauty that we should desire him. This is this, this, is this deliverer that it's speaking about. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pains. We esteemed him stricken, struck by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed 
for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace or shalom was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Now there's a lot packaged into this. What does it say was on him? He bore the griefs. He carried our pains. He was pierced because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. Um, the, the case for our peace, the chastisement of our uh, peace was upon him. He took that and by his stripes we were healed. All of that was packaged into this. It doesn't say spiritually healed. It just says by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All of those things that we just read, if you look about that, it says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before shears of silence, so he did not open his mouth. Because of oppression and judgment, he was taken away. As for his generation, who considered? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of the people. The stroke was theirs. His grave was given with the wicked, and by a rich man in his death, though he had no violent, done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to cause him to suffer. If he makes his soul a guilt offering, will he see his offspring? He will prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will succeed by his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, this is talking about the Lord, the servant. Therefore, I will give him a portion with the great, and he will divide the spoil with the mighty, because he poured out his soul to death. It was counted with transgressors. He bore the sin of many and interceded for their transgressions. And then, this is, I guess, we're just going to keep going just a little bit, and then I'll touch touch base. Uh, Isaiah 54, 1. Sing, O bear one who has not given birth. Burst into singing and shout, you who have not travailed. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married one. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tabernacle curtains. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right hand and to the left. Your offspring will possess the nations and resettle desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed nor cringe. For you will not be disgraced, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. For your maker is your husband, the Lord is his name, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, and he will be called God of all the earth. There is so much that we could go into, and I'm, I'm just not going to um, go further there in reading. But in this one stroke, you, you know, this healing. Okay, let, let's, let's, I guess, back up a little bit. So in, in the beginning, and this is, I guess, the logic that I would use. In the beginning, God created us, and we were created in a way that we weren't uh, subjected to the corruption of sickness. Sickness uh, and disease has come because that the earth is subjected to decay and corruption. So in this bondage, uh, our bodies can also uh, go through a decay cycle. We trust the Lord that this isn't the case. We trust Him that we are strengthened day by day through the Spirit. We trust Him for healing and health, and He is our healer. 
But ultimately this has come because of the sin condition and the rebellion of mankind. This state of being is a result of sin. So, if sin brought about sickness and disease, so atonement brings about health and healing. Now, it may, it may break down because, unfortunately, some people who are sick certainly are cleansed by the blood and they get sick. But one thing I'm keenly aware of in Jesus' time is when Jesus was here, he could only heal those who believed. The statement is made in when he was in Nazareth that he couldn't do many miracles because of the faith of the people. They didn't have faith. They didn't believe that God would do miracles. And so many times that we read that be it according to your faith, be it according to your faith. So faith in the power of the kingdom, in the power of the king of the kingdom, I should say, uh, when we recognize that in that kingdom there's no more death, there's no more sickness, there's no more disease, it can actually bring to life a body that is subjected to sin and to death. There's a law that works within us. But God has given us a law of life in Christ Jesus that has made us free from the law of sin and death. This law of sin and death, some people, I guess, interpret as Torah. I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's speaking about our nature. Uh, if you would translate law as nature... Um, it, I think it gives a better picture. The, it is a law within us, but it is, it's dealing with our nature. The law or the nature of sin and death that is within us, um, it's an absolute. Okay? That is why it's a law. It is a, it is a, 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 it's something that constantly leads us astray. In the same way, God is the God who heals all of our diseases. I don't know how much clearer you want to get. He is the God who heals all of our diseases. Let me see if I can find that reference. Give me just a second here. Because I want people to see this. It doesn't say spiritual. It, it doesn't say that it's something else. Let me just see here. There we go. always have to go through some hurdles when I do this because well this is one reference it's not exactly what I was thinking about but in Exodus in Mara he says this if you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God to do what is right in his eyes pay attention to his commandments and keep his decrees I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you I am the Lord who heals you. I want you to see that. I am the Lord who heals you. That's a promise. It doesn't promise that we will never have issues, but he will heal us. Psalms 103 again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This is the benefits that he's laying out. He forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. 
He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not chide. He will not keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love, steadfast love, towards those who fear him. Far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. For as a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. And for when the wind passes over it, it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, the righteous children. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it with this and just say, listen, it is one of those elements that he heals all of our diseases. He is the Lord. And one of his benefits is that he heals us. And the provision was made in the covenant because he struck him in dealing with the sin problem. It also dealt with the sickness problem. Now, listen, I understand that it is appointed for all of us to do what we call die, okay? And that is the separation from the body or the spirit from the body. That is what we call physical death. Now, Jesus over and over tells us not to be afraid of that because that is simply a temporary situation. It's not an eternal one. When we, when it, when we so-called die, our body is put into the ground. It is dust. It is where it, it, is, it goes back. Um, but in resurrection, in the hope of the future, we also understand that the body and the spirit are going to reconnect. Now, what does that mean? God is in the spiritual realm. Our spirit leaves the body. We go to be with the Lord. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we understand that we're elevated in position and reality when we die. We are, we are translated into the heavenlies and we go to the city of God and we enjoy the goodness of the Lord in peace and rest and joy, waiting until he returns, and at his return, at that moment, is then going to be fulfilled what is spoken by the prophets, that death will be swallowed up in victory. At that moment, everything that died, the righteous, the bodies, will come back out of the ground and reunite with the spirits, and will be resurrected. Now, that is where death is swallowed up in victory, because at that point, death, as the effect that we knew it had, no longer has that effect. So it will be swallowed up in victory. So resurrection is again the central important factor here but until that appointed time when we are to lay down our lives and go to be with the lord because that's all it is go to be with the lord it's nothing not nearly as dramatic as i think we will in our minds often think when we're at that point that is the reality that god has for us to go to be with the lord and then at resurrection we come back to earth so that is our hope we put our trust in the lord um I think, you know, when, when we see the panic that is in the world today, it shows us that worldview makes a difference. When we know that we are eternal, we know that we live in eternity and it's tracked by a time-space continuum, but we are eternal beings and that, or I should say immortal. We are immortal and that no matter what happens to us, we continue to live, whether in this world or in the world to come or in heaven or the city of God, we know that we will live. This is not a death uh, by way of um, cessation of consciousness. This is death by way of separation from that which we know. Our body is our suit, if you will. It's our coat, and we put off the coat for a season, and then we will be clothed again. 
That is, Paul talks about all that, but I'm just going to leave that. Our hope is in the Lord, and we must recognize that we are here as long as he wants us here, and when we are no longer needed here, we will go to be with him. We will never, ever, 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 ever again going to have to go through the regeneration cycle which we are in. This is a one-time deal. Once we're regenerated, um, soul, body, and spirit, this full plan of redemption plays out. It might take thousands of years, but so be it. Once it fully plays out, at that moment, everything that we've known, the death, the decay, the sickness, the disease, all of that is gone forever. Never again to be needed to be worried about, ever. So put our hope and trust in the Lord. That is where it belongs. God bless.